Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. It says this in one version. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always <clears throat> abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labour is not in vain in the Lord. Let me read you that same verse in the Amplified Version, just to give a little more understanding of it. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm or steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That is always being superior, excelling, being more than enough in the service of the Lord, knowing and being continually aware that your labour in the Lord is not futile. It's never wasted or to no purpose. One more from the message version. With all this going for us, my dear, dear friends, stand your ground and don't hold back. Throw yourselves into the work of the Master, confident that nothing you do for Him is a waste of time or effort. This letter to the first the first letter to the Corinthians was written about AD 56. Let me give you some context to this verse because otherwise you just read it and it looks like something you'd hang on a plaque in your home or beside your computer to remind you to you know be steadfast or something I don't know. But this was written by the Apostle Paul under the guidance of the Holy Spirit around AD 556, a year or two after Nero. That is, yes, that Nero, the infamous emperor, comes to power. It is a time of great political instability in the Roman Empire. Sexual promiscuity in every form abounds. Matter of fact, it more than abounds it is openly celebrated. You understand this, you'll understand some of why Paul wrote to the Corinthian church about some of the things he addressed in the church because these were people that were living in a community in a time where anything went. You could say whatever you like. You could live however you like. There was every kind of promiscuity available. There were major cultural and ethnic clashes in that time. The Greeks and the Romans fought with one another. There were uh, a cult of celebrity was huge in that time. The gap between the wealthy or the super rich and the poor was absolutely massive. They were troubled times economically. Anybody would think he was talking about now. All those things were going on. You think our world, this is all new? Paul wrote to this church that was in a time like we are in and he wrote to them and he said this, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your work or your labour is not in vain in the Lord. I'm glad that he doesn't tell us in a time of great instability, in a time of great lawlessness, in a time of great celebration of iniquity, of every kind of godlessness. I'm glad he doesn't say, just hang in there. Jesus is coming back. I've got a friend of mine who tells me, well, it's, Jesus is coming back on Thursday. And every week when he tells me how bad life is, he says, but don't worry, it's Thursday's on the way. 
well, I don't think I want to live with that short uh, uh, thinking span about the future. I want to live a lot more than just, I hope Jesus comes back this Thursday. I want to live a lot bigger than just what's in front of me for the next week. The Bible says that the plans of the diligent lead to plenty. Our program for the Kimberley, we have announced a 20-year plan. You go, Jeff, how old are you? That's immaterial. God's got a plan and we are thinking that far ahead. This church is not looking for just can we make it to next week, but we are believing for a plan of God to lead forward generation after generation. He gives us a basis for hope and confidence. He says, I want you to understand that everything you do has got spiritual and eternal impact. I want you to understand that everything you do, God is watching over. I believe that God is watching over my seeds and He's watching over my serving. I don't believe that you can sow a seed or that you can be a blessing, but that God knows what you're doing. I don't think anything's hidden from Him. And I believe that He gives special attention to works that are done in His name. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 9, verse 41, Jesus tells His disciples who are living in a time where there are the celebrated ones, Pharisees and scribes, where there is uh, rulers like Herod and Pilate. At one point, you'll read in the book of Acts where the people of the day fell down in front of Herod and cried out, he's a God, he's a God. That's the kind of environment. They were influencers before there was Instagram. They were people before social media who knew what it was like to be celebrated in an amazing way. And that's why Mark 9, 41 has got such impact and power because Jesus said, if you even give a cup of water to someone, in my name. He said, you will get your reward. There it is. For whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name because you belong to Christ, assuredly I say to you, that person will by no means lose his reward. Think about it a minute. That means that God is looking over every glass. God is watching over everything you do. There is no act of service that you can give. There is no seed you can sow that heaven will overlook or will be oblivious to. Heaven will notice what it is that you're doing. That prayer you prayed and no one knew you were praying. That phone call you made and only the recipient is aware that you felt prompted to give them the call. That card that you sent, that blessing you brought to someone, where you served, oh, I know it was a roster, but it was far more to God than a roster. It was your point of sowing a seed, a blessing to somebody else into their life. In Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10, I believe these verses get preached entirely the wrong way. Malachi 3.10 says this, it says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house, and says the Lord of hosts, and see if I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. I believe we preach that wrong. We preach that as though the focus of it all is that I have to do this and I'm obligated. I've had people come to me and say, Jeff, but that's the Old Testament. To which my honest reply is, well, the New Testament asked me to do more than the Old. So if you want to go down that route, we end up in a different space than the one you want to be in. Huh? 
But that's not the point of the verse. The point of the verse is this, that God is in heaven with His finger on the window latch of the windows of heaven saying, if you'll just do this, I'll pour out a blessing so big you won't even know what to do with it. That's the point of the verse, that God is watching over what we do, not in order to condemn or tick it off as though it's some kind of a a chart of good works and bad. It's that God is watching. Think about that. Just give a cup of water to one of my my ministers. And I don't mean people with the title of pastor, but someone serving. You can't do a blessing like that without Jesus saying, I'm going to give you a reward. I'm going to watch over what you're doing. Here's the second thing that I get out of this verse. And that is that regardless of the season, I'm to have an abounding spirit. Think about it. Paul writes this letter to people who are in the greatest uh, cultural shifts that have ever happened in their world. Everything's topsy-turvy. Nothing seems the same. Everything seems to have, like uh, Nero kills his wife in order to marry his mistress. And it's publicly known that he did it. Uh, A little bit later, he begins to crucify Christians. This is not a man that you would want to have as your neighbour. And in all this environment where these Christians in the midst of, if I told you some of the, I mean, they make some of our world really, we tut tut and go how terrible it is. But if you'd lived back there, you would have been shocked. What a, what a place. And he says to these people, don't just batten down the hatches. Don't just slow down. Don't just shrink enough to protect yourself. He said, have an abounding mindset. He doesn't just say, be steadfast and movable. He goes on and says, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I've noticed over the years that whenever crisis comes, or a time of uncertainty arrives, the first thing that people do is this. We shrink and we make our world smaller. We start thinking about number one rather than anybody else in our life. One of the first things we do in these uncertain times is to lose an abounding mindset. Excellence goes out the door. Now it's, well, you know, I'll just do enough. And he writes to the, these people, let me read it to you out of the Amplified again. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord. Amen. I hope that's the description of this church in every way. I hope that every one of us do more than enough. I told someone this week, I don't believe in job descriptions. Otherwise, people just live to the level of them. And if I told you what some of our staff did this week, they surely do more than enough. Amen. Oh, way more than enough. But you know, I could tell that story about so many people, not on staff, but people who are serving who have a spirit of excelling, a spirit of going and doing more than enough, more than what's just required. And that's what he says to these people. Because when we play it safe, we take away the room for God to move. Whenever we start going, oh, I've just looked after me in here. I've taken away the space where God is most active. Taken away the thing where God moves. 
The abounding spirit always does more than enough, goes the extra mile and always lives with excellence. Here's the third thing out of 1 Corinthians 15, 58, is that your life and mine is bigger than now. Now, I was thinking about this during the week, how so many people are captured by now. They're captured emotionally by now, mentally by now. Can't think past now. I'm in this place now. I'll never forget my pastor saying to me, or I heard him say, uh, I was uh, only a young single man, I think at the time. He said this, your emotions are only ever a snapshot of, of how you feel right now. I never forgot that. Now I realise the wording, snapshot, that's an old word. No one uses it anymore. Photo. What's a photo? Well, in the old days, people used to take them with things called cameras that were just cameras. You couldn't talk on them. Uh, You couldn't make notes on them. And the worst thing about them was you only had maybe 12 or at the most 24 pictures you could take. And so you didn't take 500. Or like my grandchildren do when I'm with them on FaceTime and one of them who will remain nameless, but he... I've only got one grandson. Uh, he's a, like, he'll take 27 photos. Tick, 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 tick. You know, his mother's got to go through and delete them all later. Well, back in the old days, you never had that. You just got a photo and then you'd take it to the chemist. Remember that? Oh, some of you younger ones are looking at me like, what, what? And did you, did you ride your horse there? But we would... We would do that, and I'll never forget he said it's just a picture. That's all it is. We get captivated by now. And the Apostle Paul writes here, and he gives them a context, because if you go through 1 Corinthians 15, the entire chapter is about eternity. So verse 58, one of the last verses, we read that one, but all the verses before it are talking about your eternity, that you are an eternal creature that you are destined for an eternity with God, that God has prepared eternal life. That begins the moment you receive Christ as Saviour. That's why the Bible says, He that dies, die, that dieth in the Lord. Where Jesus said, you know, about our life and what He had prepared for us. I'm going to prepare a place for you. That eternity is not a thing to be feared, but it's a, an expectation to be realised. In the Salvation Army where Rhonda and I came from, You know, they don't even call it someone dying. They say they got promoted to glory. I like that phrase. Amen. They never died. They got promoted. Amen. They got sent up to a higher place in a higher space. The context of 1 Corinthians 15 and of those verses is that there's a life with God beyond my now. And so we hope differently because of eternity. We hope differently. 1 Corinthians 15, 20. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. First of a great harvest of all who've died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. And just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. What a hope that is. The worst thing that can happen to you is you die and go to heaven. Amen. Amen. I have prayed for thousands and thousands of people and I've seen hundreds and hundreds of miracles. 
but I've also done scores and scores of funerals. And if you were to ask me what's the most important thing, I will tell you it's that moment where somebody trusted Jesus with their life and soul. Your body, even if I raise you from the dead, you'll only die again. But if you will give your life to Christ and if you will continue trusting Him, if you'll keep walking with God, He has prepared a place for you. Come on. Now, if that does not make you think differently about life, I don't know what will. Amen. I can walk through a whole lot of things because I've got eternity at the end of it. Amen. I can walk through this life with a greater confidence. Here's the second thing. We battle differently because of eternity. When we struggle, when we face adversity, we do it differently because of eternity. And so it says here in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 30, I'm just giving you a couple of verses. And why should we risk our lives hour by hour? For I swear, dear brothers and sisters, that I face death daily. This is as certain as my pride in what Christ Jesus our Lord has done in you. And what value was there in fighting wild beasts, those people of Ephesus, if there's no resurrection from the dead? And if there's no resurrection, let's feast and drink for tomorrow we die. In other words, if you don't have an eternity mindset, your whole mentality is enjoy what you've got while you've got it, because after all, you never know how bad it's going to get. But if you live with an eternity mindset, you're going to look at adversity differently. Go, there's a reason. I believe, thirdly, that we live differently because of eternity. Our morals, our behaviour, our character. Why? Because it matters what I say yes to and what I say no to. Amen. Come on. I know this mightn't get a lot of airing in 2023 and it ought to. It says this in verse 33, Don't be fooled by those who say such things. For bad company corrupts good character. Think carefully about what is right and stop sinning. For to your shame I say, some of you don't know God at all. Why is he saying that? He's going, the way you're living means you don't even think at all that there's anything to live for beyond this. Amen. Come on, give me an amen this morning. Say, Pastor, you're right. Pastor, you're right. Come on. You're right, Pastor. We got to live differently. Amen. Listen, can I tell you, if you've got an eternity mindset, you'll be honest because it matters. You'll be moral because it matters. You'll be faithful because it matters. You'll live differently to the world. We're not trying to get the world to like us. Jesus died for the world. Amen. We're not trying to get the world to like us. I'm not trying to get them to hate us. Amen. We got the hydration station happening next week up there in Broome. And I'm very sure that many people are going to go, wow, what a wonderful thing. Thank you for, uh, for bringing this to us and helping us, et cetera, et cetera. No judgment for sure. But I'm praying that out of that, that the Kimberley will come to Christ. Amen. Because Matthew 5, Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works. Before they hear you preach, they want to see your works. Amen. And he said, and glorify your Father in heaven. That's the end of it. And we already started by saying, there's no good work you can do, but heaven doesn't notice. I believe that we live differently because of eternity in our life. That because of the cross, because of eternal life awaiting us, there are some things and some commitments that I will make and I will stay with simply because there's an eternity on the other side. 
You know what I found? I don't always say no to temptation because I want to. Amen? Because if you want to, it's probably not a temptation. I mean, if you don't want to, it's probably not a temptation. You, you know what I'm saying? Are you with me? The mere fact that you want to do it proves it's a temptation to you. Amen? Like I've never been tempted to rob a bank. Never. So for me to walk past the bank and go, thank God I never robbed that today. That's not even difficult. I, I don't have any problem with that because it's, there's no desire for it in my life. There is a whole, like to cheat people, it just didn't occur. It's just not in my makeup or in my, in my life. So to me to walk past that and not do that, for me to be honest to a shop uh, person who, who uh, pays me too much, gives me too much back, that's not difficult. It's not a temptation. Thank God I got away with that one. Got out of, the, got out of Bunnings before they noticed. Huh? We live differently. We hope differently. We battle differently. And we live differently because there's eternity on the other side of where we are. Amen. And I pray that as a church, I pray that we will live with an eternity mindset. We'll think about what we sow and what we give, what we serve, how we invest and go, there's an eternity at the back of this. Now, I don't know it all. We got yes text this week. Someone sent one in, all in caps. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know their life. I have no idea what it's about. And one of the exciting things to look forward to in eternity is that there's going to be be people come up to us and they're going to say, you were in that church, weren't you? And didn't you help provide that yes text thing? And you're going to, yeah, I was there. That was something we developed just to help people make decisions for Christ. And they're going to say, I'm here because of that. Amen. I'm here because of that. I'm here because of that. Now, listen, I remember being at a youth camp once and there was a girl there who was the biggest troublemaker you've ever seen. Got sent home from almost every children's camp. And I'm the speaker for the kids' camp. And I'll never forget, standing, I, can, I remember where it was. I remember the place it was in, what it looked like. And I remember the Holy Spirit said to me, prophesy to her. And so I told her to stand up and she stood up. She stood up like this. Just like that. Face covered with insolence. And I began to prophesy too that she was like standing behind a wall and that God looked behind the wall and could see what her life could be. And that despite all that she appeared, there was a heart. Now, I could have been so wrong. All the leaders that were there looking at me like, are you sure? But you know, that was a turning point moment, even though it was a kid's camp with a kid, you know? It it was a small moment, but it was a turning point moment that ended up having eternal impact. Her, she later gets married, her and her husband pastor a church. Now, I'm not saying everybody I prophesied to pastors churches, though we can start that if you'd like. (laughs) But what I'm saying is it wasn't about me. I couldn't have made that up. I didn't go, well, look, I think if we just, you know, you know. I'm just the messenger guy. But I wonder if you aren't the messenger person for someone this week. I wonder if there isn't somebody that you just greet. A smile can do that. Come on. 
Oh, look, we, we make that sound like, you know, random acts of kindness, like it's somehow lame. And I go, Jesus said, just give a glass of water and I'll notice. I don't think Jesus was being lame. I don't think he was trying to breed a group of nice Christians who went about singing Kumbaya. I think he was raising up people that would change the world. Let me finish. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, let me read it to you again. Because the opposite of an abounding, steadfast spirit is a shrinking back, scarcity mindset. And if there's anything that I think our world needs to find in the church today, it's 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always Abound. Don't just hang on. Have an abounding spirit. Abound in the work of the Lord. You didn't say abound in your church work. Because my work of the Lord is not simply what I do in these four walls. It's what I do in my life. Knowing this. He said, Jeff, know this. Know this as you're abounding in the work of the Lord. Understand that everything you're doing, I'm watching over. None of it's useless. None of it's futile. None of it's wasted. None of it gets overlooked. God's there for us. Amen. Father, help us today. Lord, every single one of us lives in a world that looks a lot like 1 Corinthians world. There's uncertainty. There's instability. There's all kinds of ungodliness celebrated. Lord, you didn't tell us to rant and rave about them. You just said, this is the way I want you to live. You be steadfast. You be immovable. You live an abounding life. Father, I thank You for that kind of spirit. God, would You put that over Metro Church and over everyone that's a part of it or is connected to it or feels drawn to it or whatever. Would You put that over every one of us, Lord? Put that over us so that's the way we live. Would You remind us, Lord, of the times when we get a little bit cranky, a little bit impatient, a little bit frustrated, Would you remind us, Lord, that what we're doing has got eternal impact. There's a reason and it's not because we're that good. It's because you're that good. We thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, some of you in this place may never have given your life to Jesus. You may never have surrendered to Christ. You may never have said to Jesus, come into my life. I want you to be my Saviour, my Lord. I'll tell you in a minute how to do that online as well. But I'd love to pray for you if you're in the building and say, Jeff, that's me. You might have been raised in church. You've never been. That's not what I'm asking. If you need to say yes to Jesus this morning and you're in the building, I'd love to pray for you. I won't embarrass you. I'll help you though. Just wherever you are, just raise your hand and say, that's me, Jeff. Then you can put it back down. I'll see it. And I'll pray with you today right where you are. Just I'll look up in the balcony as well because I don't want to miss anyone out. Just quickly, if that's you, just slip your hand up. Just so I can see, you might say, Jeff, but I got christened when I was a child. I said, that's wonderful. Great that your parents did that, but now it's you. Now you get to make the choice of how you're going to follow God in your life. Some of you will say, Jeff, I've always followed God or tried to follow the Ten Commandments. I'd go, that's awesome. Just I'll look across one more time. I don't want to miss anyone out. Then, Father, I thank You for every single person that's hearing me today. Thank You for salvation, full and free. Thank You for a river, 
of joy and hope and peace that gets loosed upon our life when we give you our yes. You don't tiptoe into our world. You come in and drastically change it. You say you make us a new species of being. Thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' Name. Amen. You can look this way. If you today say in your heart, Jeff, I'm going to give Jesus my yes, do what those people did this week and send it to us, either as a text to 0488 826 392. Just why yes is all you've got to send. Or if you want it via email, you're outside of Australia perhaps, then you go to yes.metrochurch.org.au. Either way, when you send that to us, our team here, and they're right down there this morning, it's real people, it's not done by an algorithm. There's no AI doing it for us. It's, uh, it's only Holy Spirit intelligence. Amen, I'm gonna start a new movement. Uh, not AI, but HSI. Uh, Holy Spirit intelligence. And I know they do that, by the way, because I've seen some of the stuff this uh, couple do in terms of answering people's questions and praying for people. It's not, some people don't want to just send a yes, they want to say, hey, this is my life. Would you help me? Would you pray for me? And they respond with wisdom. What about water baptism? They respond with that. And uh, we'll send you back though, at the barest minimum, we'll send you back a Bible verse and a prayer that fits on one screen of the smartphone, by the way. Different every single day, 30 days of that. Then there's other things if you want to be a part of, you can be as well in Jesus' Name. Amen. Well, God's good. We're going to stand together and declare to the Lord we're going to be steadfast. We're going to be immovable. Always abounding. Amen. Come on. Come on, let's stand together. Thank you, team. Because He's the King of our heart. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let the King of my heart It's so great being together. Next week, come, bring a friend with you, won't you? It'll be just wonderful. But Pastor Ray and Kate are going to be back there in the prayer space. That's as you leave the lower level of the auditorium here on the right-hand side. If you're that person that's got the doctor's appointment or the legal meeting, why don't you go and see them and let them pray with you this morning? That'll be great. 
Teaser will be out there if you've got questions about destiny offering. Pray this week, won't you, for this Saturday. It's a big thing. It's our first official launch there up in the Kimberley. I believe it's going to be the start of something great. Father, we thank You for today. Thank You we go out of here blessed and we go out of here with Your blessing. I pray, God, for every single one of us. This week, many of us will do great things and many of us will do great small things. But they'll all be great in Your sight. Bless people, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing you out with this song. Come on. You can go. Catholic, go. God bless. Pastor Bruce online. God bless you.